Like imagine, as you said, Wesley now arranges a few games in St. Louis with some guys who are like 2,400 or not St. Louis, I don't want to say St. Louis, but in, in some, some city, it doesn't matter where in the U S with some American, uh, 2400s. And then suddenly some other player comes out, uh, like Anish also has a chance. Anish organizes a quadruple round Robin tournament last minute. And you you just have a circus. It's just a, like a pure circus. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the C Squared Podcast. A lot of things have been happening since we've last uh, chatted with each other. We've uh, had some vlogs from Toronto and some content from Toronto, from the Champions Chess Tour. But uh, a lot of things have changed in the chess world, and we will be covering all of those, and we will be giving you our impressions about what transpired in the land of chess in the last couple of weeks. Fabi, how's it going, man? It's going, yeah, it's going well. Um, it's, it's been, you know, I haven't weighed on in on anything, but it's been interesting to, uh, to watch everything from the sidelines. Absolutely, the, the final scramble. You know, I kind of expected the the scramble to happen. I mean, I was making some jokes, right? You know, someone's going to arrange some last minute tournament. I don't know if I like made this joke on the podcast or just um, maybe offhand or something, but it was pretty clear this could always happen. Uh, so, yeah, it's it, like whenever you have one rating list, it's always possible. And then the question is, like, do we think it's weird or not that some last minute tour tournaments happen? Everyone's <laughs> going to have their own opinion about it. Yeah. But it's better to, that um, anyway, we'll get into it. But it's, of course, uh, it was clear that something like this was very likely to happen. In fact, there were so many things that played into this whole scenario uh, coming to life. First of all, it was uh, Hikaru qualifying to the, through the Grand Swiss. That was slightly unexpected. Uh, with Well, not necessarily unexpected, but we weren't really taking that too much into consideration. But he did qualify. That emptied um, a rating spot. And then Ali Reza looked like he's completely out unless he does well in the Singfield Cup. But obviously, we also understood that there's the possibility of potentially uh, some last-minute tournaments. And there was also the other race that was going on at the same time between Gukesh and Anish. Anish also playing in the same field cup and potentially... Um, I don't think he needed necessarily a super good result. But a good result would have given him some um, a bit of a push. At the same time, he did not do super well at the single cup so that didn't really help uh and at that point it became clear that there might be some instances where gukesh is going to actually try until the last minute and he did so in uh december at the beginning of december at the london chess classics he was not successful he had to win that one outright he did not um didn't even get close in that one mickey adams won it you but argue he, he i mean it, it was down to the last round right Yes, or... but in the last round, not really, uh, because Mickey Adams had to lose with, I think, the white oh, yeah, pieces yeah. against, against mm -hmm. uh, Royal, uh, Shreyas yeah, Royal, yeah. which was no, I, I just quite remembered that but... There was still a possibility, but the possibility was that not only did he have to beat Hans, Gukesh, that is, but also Mickey had to lose. So the yes. possibility was, was unlikely, you could argue, on both directions, but more so that Mickey, like, definitely he had a chance to beat Hans, although he did lose the game. Yes. Pretty badly, I have to say. He like Hans really destroyed him, even even though Hans was worse out of the opening. But also, like it wouldn't have mattered. Mickey was never losing to uh, to Royal. Uh, although Royal is obviously a really talented He's player. He's good. Yeah. Um, but okay, he, he's still not uh, Mickey's level, and Mickey's a super solid guy. Um, I mean, I I know Mickey pretty well. We played. He was actually the first Super Grandmaster I played in two thousand seven. So really? I was. 14 at the time because it was in January. I was 14 in Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. I think I played him in the second round. First round, I beat some guy, lower rated player. I was 24.92. Second round, I play white against Mickey. First 2,700 plus. And not only that, but Mickey has actually been like top three in the world at some point in his career. So he's legitimately um, one of the best players of his generation. He is. And, and he truly is. destroyed me. Like it was, it was not even close. He destroyed me from the opening with black i had no understanding of the opening no understanding of the middle game he just uh outclassed me completely so that was my first experience against a top player anyway mickey is now at this point 
semi-retired. He's um, in his in his fifties. He's still a very good player, but he's not, of course, the, the level that he used to be. But still, he had a great tournament. He won London. Mm -hmm. He um, actually he had really... a great year. He uh, became uh, the world senior champion as well. Yeah, I have to say I, that's like in the world senior championship. I assume he's like such a heavy favorite. Yes. I mean, yes. Um, also, there's two world senior championships, right? Uh, over 50 and over 65. I guess he played the one over 50. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, of course, I, I mean, he's definitely not over 65. So he, he played the one over 50. Uh, but I can't imagine who else would be near his level in that. Who, who would actually be playing? Because of course, Vichy, Vichy could play. Um, Gelfin could play, but um, but those those guys are not playing. So so Mickey is going to be the heavy favorite. There's definitely an element of class with Mickey. Uh, every time I was watching his games, you could sense the class. Uh, he, he he's just such a classy player. He he can um, squeeze water out of stone. It reminds me very much uh, of Magnus's style at times as well. And um, I, I know there's very specific openings in which he excels also. I think the um, Open Sicilian is, is, is one of them. You, by the way, worked with him, right? Yeah. In preparation so for we worked the candidates. In 2020, no. Yeah, so, um, well, yeah, you mentioned the Open Sicilian. The English attack is named after several English players um, who, like Bishop E3 and the Sicilian. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, John Nunn, uh, Michael Adams, like these players were were kind of uh central to popularizing the english attack which is now arguably the main way to combat the night or maybe if not the main way then one of the main ways for sure so um yeah you, you mentioned that like with players like mickey or or you can pick other players like vichy even um even though he's no longer active but still maintains like 27 50 or so uh, these players will never get like they'll never be bad players. Yeah. At some point, they'll no longer they'll no longer have motivation. They won't want to calculate during games. They won't care so much about the result because they're they've done everything that they want to do in their career. And um, especially with a guy like Vichy, who's world champion multiple times. But even without being even without calculating properly and uh, without having motivation, which are really integral factors in in a chess player, they'll still be very strong. Just because they have, yeah, you said class. I mean, it's going to be the same way in 20 years with Magnus or um, with, uh, I don't want to say with me because I don't want to comment on myself, but with Magnus or with uh, like Wesley or or Hikaru, if these players are still playing, you can even see with Gary. I mean, oh, for sure. Gary, he, <laughs> he he's, uh, how old is he now? He was born in 63. I think he just turned 60 this year. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he just turned 60. He was born in 1963. He hasn't played professionally since 2005 when he retired after Lunara's 2005. Mm -hmm. He has worked, but probably not at any sort of serious uh, level for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, certainly not for his own chess. He has only played some like rapid and blitz events, no classical chess. He routinely flags, like he just runs out of time in many of these events where he's playing. Yeah. But he's still a very tough opponent. The way you beat him is actually you don't really outplay him. I mean, sometimes you do, but more often than not, you beat him in a time scramble. He blunders, he gets nervous, he flags, things like that. So it's not because like we outclass him. If you just look at his games, he he, he tends to start well in the tournament, in any tournament, where he's just playing as like an exhibition event or just as a casual event. And then eventually like tiredness or like nervousness, lack of practice, it kind of catches up to him and he, and he has these lapses during the game but not not the kind that you're like oh this is not an amazing player he's an amazing player who just is he's no longer professional he's no well, longer has that kind of even easy kind to, of edge to get the last uh, to take the last tournament into consideration just nine lex in st louis mm -hmm. he was leading after day one and exactly as you painted out um the picture he fell in day two and three mostly due to the fact that he ran out of energy and he was flagging very often um we even discussed that during the podcast with him i believe um he was mentioning his game against uh, uh jeffrey where he didn't play the move e5 which was a move in his style a move that he would have played uh quite easily and quite quickly in previous years right when he was active but at the same time you know he understands that he you you can sense his class 
once again uh, through his games, even now. Yeah, and, and by the way, if like he had continued playing professionally up to today, so from 2005 for the last 18 years, if he had continued playing professionally, he would still be a very, very strong player. Now, it's hard to say how strong at 60, but for example, Korshnoi was a 2,600-plus player into his 70s. Mm-hmm. Like when I played Korshnoi in 2008 for the first time, he was 26, 20, 30, something like that. Um wasn't he around 80? I think he was in his 70s um, in 2008. I mean, I can. I think he was born in 19... Let me think. Late 19, 70s, right? 1912 was he born? Let me check. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I mean, like, Korshoi is... Uh, he, was, he was just sorry. short of uh, turning uh, 80, born, actually. He was born in 31. Um, 79-year-old when, when he won. Yeah, you know, I was who I was thinking of when I said 1912. I was thinking of Bod Vinnick, I think, who was born in 1912, who, of course, is uh, significantly older than Korshnoi. Yes. Um, 1911, he was born, Bod mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, so, I mean, you could see it with, the, with players who, um, okay, Smyslov, for example, in his 60s, was playing the final, final match of candidates against Gary Kasparov, 1983, I think. Um, the winner the world championship match which was kasparov but to get to the finals of candidates in your 60s of course it was a different time i don't think this would happen today but still uh it's uh it's when players are really good when players are like world class or best of their generation or best of all time like gary is obviously like arguably best of all time along with magnus that that doesn't go away and the same will go for players who are not quite at that um like mickey obviously he's not gary but he is one of the best players of his generation and um, was number three in the world. And Vichy, one of the best players of all time, for sure. Yeah. And so on. So anyway, we kind of veered a bit off topic, but I, I'm not surprised to see Mickey winning a tournament like this. It's it's not it's not shocking. It's maybe it's a bit of an upset, but it's not really a shock. No, absolutely. Completely agree. So that the way we got to that subject is that that was the first tournament, let's say, not necessarily organized for Gukesh, but that would that was his first opportunity to potentially um, overcome Leapfrog Anish Giri in the Grand Swiss Grand Fide points. Grand points. Yeah. How how do you? <laughs> I I keep saying Grand Swiss points or something like that. Uh, that's a Fide Grand circuit. Prix points, right? Fide circuit. Fide circuit. Fide circuit. Okay. Fide circuit. There you yeah. go. In the Fide I, circuit. I just want to say, so London Classic was certainly there was some talk at the time. The London Classic was certainly not organized for any player in particular. Yeah, I don't think like, it was. Or, the London Classic is organized by Malcolm Payne. He's been doing it for years and years. At some point, it was part of the Grand Chess Tour. At some point, I think they like lost funding or they didn't have the money to to host it as like a really top-level event with like a prize fund, first prize, 100 grand or whatever. Like this, this money wasn't there at some point. Mm-hmm. But for example, in 2019 was the last time it was organized. Maybe COVID interfered with that as well. Yeah. I don't know exactly why, but it's been a very legitimate event for many years. And and they also do like chess in the schools work. It's like a big organization, right? I mean, you know, you, you were part of the Grand Chess Tour mm-hmm. during this time as well. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, they so, used to have uh, an open tournament running at the same time. I've actually played that uh, one of the years. Yeah. Very, very fun event for sure. Yeah, rapid, rapid blitz events. It's been like a chess festival for, for a long time, along with kids events and all that stuff. So... Uh, they they have no favoritism towards players. Maybe I mean maybe they like their local players, right? They they like Luke McShane and and Mickey and uh, Shreyas. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the young uh, young talent, Royal Shreyas, and and all the other um, English players. Uh, but that's like that's about as far as their favoritism will go. They certainly don't have any reason to to. I mean, and certainly there was nothing fixed as as we saw, but oh, it was also clear yeah. before any results came in. So um, that's the first thing. I think the same can be said about the Chennai tournament. Which is interesting uh, because you uh, actually told me about it during our last podcast. Uh, you told me there will be an Indian tournament. I had no idea that there will be a, an Indian tournament. Uh, and I think a couple of days later, it was Tarjay who uh, mentioned it uh, on his Twitter and it became public. The information became public. When did you know about this tournament being planned? How long in advance? 
I think it was like during the rest day of the Singfield Cup. Okay. One of the rest days, I, because I, I had two rest days. Remember, one was because I, I was playing Duda, and one was the official rest day. So I don't know which one it was. Yeah. But one of those days, I found out um, about the event, and I found out about all the players who were playing there. Um, so Parham and uh, uh, and uh, the Indian players, Arjun and Gukesh. Of course, this event was organized, you could say, you could say to give Arjun and Gukesh a chance. On the other hand, it might have simply been that they they saw an opportunity to, besides giving their players a chance at, at qualifying for candidates, also to um, to organize a high-level event, and perhaps without having to invest as much money because there's some extra incentive for the players. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if that's a reason, but it could be one of the reasons. Like, I, I don't know what they invested. I don't know how much money the prizes were, the starting fees, all that. I have no idea. Um, I, I also invited as well. I heard some players were invited, like Anish, like Hikaru. I heard. I'm not sure if that's the case. Wesley got I wasn't invited. invited. Yeah, which I feel a little bit left out. Like they invited Wesley, Hikaru. They invited. Uh, they invited pretty much all the American players. I think Lenier was invited. Labon obviously was invited since he played. Uh, where's my invite? <laughs> I think you're you're too expensive. No, but it makes no, sense, right? It's very easy uh, for uh, them to incentivize potential sponsors. Hey, look, we're organizing this event. We can have Gukesh and Erigaisi give them a fair shot at potentially making the candidates. And I have to say, I mean, this is an absolutely historical year for uh, Indian chess. Uh, they have how many? Three Indians right now, and they're just about to potentially get their fourth Indian. I mean, that's... Wait, 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 wait. wait. So you who do we have candidate? in the candidates? I don't know. So there's currently two who are confirmed for candidates. Those Prague. two are and Pragnanta. And Vidit, yes. And Gukesh is the current, like if it ended right now, Gukesh would be the third. Okay, so two Indians and potentially getting a third one. Uh, Very likely getting the third, but it's not confirmed. So we can't say yet. that Gukesh. Not yet. Um, still, Arjun and Anish have a shot, but they have to do very well in their next event. Let's speak about that, in fact. So let's start with Arjun. What does he have to do to potentially make it to the candidates? And this would overcome, surpass uh, Gukesh, right? If he wins this one. If he does yeah, what he has yeah. to do. So, so the first thing is that Gukesh can... Gukesh has his fate in his own hands. He can, of course, play the World Rapid and Blitz, the last event of the year, and and he can, for example, win one of the events. And I think that just that just ends it. Um, but if if he doesn't win one of the events, or he, let's say he doesn't go for some reason, then I think what has to happen is that so Anish has to either win the Blitz event, mm -hmm. which is a very very outside shot because. Uh, he can't get second. He can't get third. He has to win. Yeah. So, has to, uh, or he does he get... have to win it outright? I believe so. Yeah. Because I guess that's kind of an important. But I, I think that like as well. you you either win it or not. There's a tiebreak after, so he either gets first or second, if he ties, and second doesn't cut it for for Anish or for Arjun. I think it actually doesn't matter. He he can't like Arjun can't do it in the blitz. Arjun has to do it in the rapid. Mm -hmm. yes so, so Arjun has to do it in the rapid because that gives the player 21.32 points uh, that's what Arjun needs um, at the same time it seems like Anish sorry not Anish um, needs 13.53 to pass Gukesh yeah. so, so winning the blitz would do it for Anish 15.99 yes. he has to win the blitz world championship it's like um i think the chance is like half a percent if that for him i mean no offense to Anish, but but it's a very low percentage that he wins blitz now in the rapid he has a much better chance he can get top three yes um i don't know what his percent is for top three but it's certainly much higher than blitz so basically rapid is where he has a chance Okay, I'll ask you a question. Uh, Magnus just tweeted and uh, he said, I have no horse in this race, but in my opinion, very interesting opinion in my consideration, the world blitz is much harder to win. 
because there's more rounds and should therefore give more circuit points than world rapid despite the shorter time control so it's I, I guess the question is the battle between the short time control which generally issues less points like whenever we play classical you have the bilbao scoring system you get three points for a win in classical and then you get one point uh two points for a win in uh rapid and blitz and sometimes in some events we just had one in st louis the winter chess classic you are getting two points in rapid and only one point for a victory in the blitz section so always there's been this bias towards longer time controls gives you more points but right now what magnus is saying is that we should take into consideration the amount of rounds as well what's your take on that uh yeah i, I think he's correct that blitz is harder to win than rapid i would yeah i would say that's probably true although i don't know if there's a way to measure that uh, i mean it also depends on your comfort levels in blitz or rapid and Depends on a lot of things. So he's looking at it probably from his perspective as well. Uh, so I, I think that can be argued. That's the first thing. The second thing is that the FIDE circuit has nothing to do with with someone's um, view of how difficult an event is. For example, getting plus two, I would say getting plus two in like Bucharest Grand Chess Tour event is far easier. That's what I did. I got plus two to win the tournament, right? It's far easier than getting one, two, three in the Rapid World Championship. It's also far easier than winning, for example, the um, Grand Chess Tour event in, uh, let's say, in um, Poland, where Magnus won. One of the rapid events, rapid yeah. race events. I would say that it's harder. That's also my personal opinion. It, it might be easier for some players, right? Maybe for Magnus, it's easier to win in Poland than to win in Bucharest. But um, but rapid is weighted less. So if rapid is weighted less then it stands to reason that Blitz is weighted less. And also, since the candidate is about as far from Blitz as you can get, there's absolutely no Blitz involved. And the World Championship also, I mean, well, I guess there's Blitz involved eventually, but um, but basically there's no Blitz involved at all. Then, like, what? why would this be weighted so highly? I understand it's a super difficult event and you have to be a strong player to win it, but that's just how the system is. Yeah, you now, make a very I think good point. We can, yes. We can definitely argue with the system. Like, I don't think the system is very good with the with the FIDE circuit. I just don't think it's very good, um, having thought about it. But uh, but that's how it is. It doesn't make sense that they would suddenly weigh the, the Blitz event super highly while, like, for example, you win, like, let's say you, you won the Poland Grand Chess Tour event and you won the, um, uh, the what was it, Croatia, Croatia Grand Chess Tour yes. event. Let's just see what points those events gave because we can actually see what Magnus. I think it was fourteen points, did. if I'm not mistaken. Fourteen something. Yeah. So here's here's Magnus. Where is he? Yeah, he got. Um... Wait. Why isn't it? Why isn't it listed for him? Didn't he play those events? He did. Of course he did. He won nine, so why nine out of nine in Croatia. Or Poland, I don't remember exactly. Wait, but those was. events, those events count. No, why wouldn't those? Why those? I, I see his like listing is why can say twenty points, Tavanger zero points, World Cup twenty nine point seven three points, Doha zero points, and Toronto fourteen point six three points. Hmm. Why would those events not be listed? Maybe they counted less. I don't know. Yeah, this this is a bit strange. No, but it can't. I, I'm it can't pretty count like sure points. those events were were counting. Well, let's see. There's one other player who played. Like, who else played in those events? Um, well, I played, but it's not listed for me because uh, those were not my best event. Well, actually, it I is, only played the Korean. It is. It is. Uh, GCT Super United, Rapid and Bliss Croatia. You got fourth place and you got eight points. Yeah, but what about for Magnus? How much did he get? That's a good question. By the way, where do you see Magnus? Because I don't actually see Magnus. So in the leaderboard right now, I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I was checking Wikipedia. Ah, <laughs> no, no, I don't think Magnus was actually considered for that. No, not... but they show all the players. For example, they show Jan here. Okay, uh, Jan. Now, now I see Magnus. Okay, uh, I'll tell you how much he got. I see it. 2023 GCT Superbet Chess Poland Rapid and Blitz, uh, first place, twelve point seventy three points, which is why, less. Why is the thing not valid? I don't why, know. why is this not a valid event? 
which is actually less than in Croatia. In Croatia, he got 13.47 points because the rating average was a bit higher. Yeah, okay. And for example, Champions Chester, he got 14.63 points. Now, I have no idea why two of those events are not valid. Why does it say that the GCT, Superbet, Chess, Poland, Rapid Blitz is not valid? But the Champions Chess Tour Finals is valid. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> We're getting that into the weeds of, uh, of FIDE. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't actually matter for him because he, he, he qualified through another method. But like, I don't really understand why it says not valid for that because those are valid events. Yes, yes. Like all, maybe you guys, it, so maybe people can help valid. us. It normally says not valid if like you've had you've achieved a better result, but he hasn't achieved a better result in another tournament. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for me, I got twelve point five five in St. Louis Rapid Blitz. Now, I would argue that that result, winning that tournament, is more difficult to win that tournament than to, for example, get whatever I fifth sixth place tied in Tata Steel Masters, which is what I also did. Which is the same amount of points, twelve point one five, basically same. Um, now very, I would say very more rapid blitz, first place, more impressive than fifth, sixth tied in Tata Steel. But according to their system, they weigh classical more highly, so Tata Steel is weighed the same, gets the same points. No, and, and they probably anyway. thought uh, 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 along the lines that you mentioned as well. Uh, the cycle is very much skewed towards classical time controls, so classical time controls should be weighted way heavier than Rapid and Blitz. I guess this is their uh, train of thought, which makes sense to my eyes, I guess. Yeah, it's it's logical. I just think that the system in general, the FIDE circuit, is it's not a very good system. Hmm. The reason why I think that mainly it's not a good system is because if you play these Grand Chess Tour events, which, first of all, I don't, I want to clear something up. They're not by invitation. They're actually by qualification. Mm -hmm. um, so people always say that if you're invited, they actually have a qualifying, like they, you qualify by rating, you qualify by top three previous year, you qualify by, um, and then they have some wild cards that they give out. But most people qualify, they don't get invited, which mm -hmm. is why, for example, we had this talk with Maxime, and he spoke about like the importance of, uh, um, mm -hmm. Or actually, I don't remember if it was in the podcast that we did, or um, this is, by the way, a podcast just for our viewers that hasn't gone out yet, but, but it will go out. Or maybe it was like a private conversation I had with him. But anyway, he stressed the importance of qualifying. So he's he's thinking about qualifying because he doesn't get an invite there. So he has to find a method to qualify for Grand Chess Tour events because they're quite lucrative, mm -hmm. quite good events. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that's one thing. This is not by invitation, but if you qualify for those events, it gives you a pretty substantial advantage in the FIDE circuit because basically if you score plus one at one of those events, you get like 15, 17 grand, uh, FIDE circuit points, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is the same as winning the Blitz World Championship. Yes. Uh, it, it's Crazy. the same as getting... <laughs> Crazy. It's, it's huge. It's Crazy. a huge thing. Yes. So these events are enormously valuable. If you win one of them, you get like 25, 27 points. I mean, it's extremely valuable. Yes. Um, to get something similar, you like, okay, Norway Chess is another example. Winning Norway Chess. It's very good to have these events. Uh, so the FIDE circuit, I think, is, is rewarding certain events too highly. And by certain events, I mean closed round robins, where, of course, it's difficult to win, but it's not too difficult... If you're a very strong player, like let's say Wesley, to score a small plus, which maybe you don't win, but you 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 rack up the FIDE circuit points. If, for example, Anish had just scored plus one in the last Singfield Cup, he probably would qualify for the candidate, yes. but he didn't. So okay, we it's not super easy to score plus one, but still, um, that's why I don't think like this India tournament was so unusual that they organized. I mean, uh, Anish. Wesley, these players played a lot of these Grand Chess Tour events. Now, you can argue that, okay, this was organized last minute, but what's the difference, really? I mean, if it's a legitimate event where the players are motivated to play well, and I, I can guarantee that players like Parham, like Levon, like Predke, Sugirov, all these players have played, besides the, of course, the Indian guys who obviously are motivated, 
um like they're they're not there to they're not there for fun they're there to improve their rating to score highly to get a prize um now if it was only local players and and much lower rated i understand then it starts to get a bit iffy um maybe still fide should not allow should have thought about um because now it's too late but maybe they should have thought about putting in a provision where tournaments have to be announced like three months before <laughs> but that's on fide i think that this chennai event was was totally normal i didn't see anything weird about it yep um anyway that that's about it for that that uh i definitely agree with you in that regard absolutely nothing wrong with uh the chennai tournament it, it seemed very valid a um, lot of very strong players it wasn't anybody you know retired or anything of that nature both Gukesh and Eric Aisi were given a chance and uh, Gukesh and by the way they won uh, they tied for first but obviously this wasn't enough for uh, Eric Aisi it was enough for Gukesh to take the lead in um, the Grand Prix points the FIDE circuit now <laughs> let's get to the next <laughs> next thing that changed wesley was chilling wesley was hanging around in toronto having a good time uh thinking that he's uh, safe uh he refused participation in uh this uh, event in india for good reason i mean toronto is extremely uh, lucrative and it was extremely lucrative for him he made 100k not bad good job wesley um but the problem is that after the Sinkfield Cup, Ali Reza apparently started organizing an interesting tournament that, uh, in fact, has not finished yet in France, in his hometown, organized, I believe, by um, by uh, the political circles uh, around it, the mayor, if I'm not mistaken. He organized uh, this tournament and basically called out some... 24 2500 retired more or less grandmasters to play Ali Reza. Ali Reza is on 5 out of 5 right now he's as uh, the moment of this recording he is qualified if he decides to withdraw from the tournament and um, he still has one game tomorrow against Fedorchuk. He needs to win if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he can draw. Um so he needs to yeah, win. I think, right. I think he needs to win. He needs to win that one. Now, he has the option of withdrawing. I actually have no idea what has happened, whether he has decided on that or not. But this is okay, the big question. This is a big one, right? Because, I mean, organized event in the last moment against some retired GMs in which you need to score high. Anybody can do that. There's, you know, there's some questions about it. What do you think of, uh, about this one? Okay, well, to start with, I think that if he were to not play the next game, against Federchuk, as in not complete the tournament. Mm -hmm. I actually think that the like it's it's pretty clear FIDE should not be rating this event. Interesting. Um okay. That's the first thing because you can't play a tournament where you decide how many games first you organize it and then you decide how many games you play based on your requirements. Like you <laughs> I also thought this was like super weird. Um people were saying like if Lenier gains a rating then he can withdraw halfway I was like this is this shouldn't be allowed, you know? Of course, he should be allowed to play the tournament, but you should have to complete the tournament fully because it's just you—you uh, you go to a tournament, uh, you go there for a few games. Like your your aim in a tournament should be to either win the tournament or to get a prize or whatever. It should be a sporting event, and you should be aiming for something within the confines of the tournament. It shouldn't be like okay, I'm here to beat a two thousand player, a twenty one hundred, and then I'll go home and I'll take my whatever, 1.6 rating points that I got. Um, well, to start with, I think that the one one rating spot, it was ridiculous from the start. I think I said this to you. I may, maybe said it publicly as well. But I, I um, one rating spot should never be like free day. I mean, how could you possibly think one rating spot is a good idea? Hmm. Um, but let's, let's go back one year before we talk about this one. Not only one rating spot, but one rating spot of one particular rating list this is you know, that's what I meant. Crazy. One, one rating list not one rating spot one ah, rating okay. list okay okay yeah, yeah. yes no one rating spot okay one rating spot um if you base it on let's say you know weighted of like six months so the more recent ones are weighted more heavily than the 
happened six months ago and you take the average rating, okay, this could be considered, it's going to be much harder to like do any sort of weird stuff if you do this. But, uh, but one rating list uh, is, is absurd. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, it's like it was clear from the beginning and I maybe I was making some jokes. I actually at some point didn't care because I qualified through the World Cup. So if people want to um, want to organize some tournaments, it's really not like it doesn't affect me anymore. You know, um, I still don't think it should be done, but it doesn't affect me. So I'm not going to, uh, to you know, launch some actually. OK, let's let's go back one year because I'm not going to say I won't launch an official complaint. So um, 2022 candidates. One year ago, last cycle. Uh, so if we start with um, Russia invaded Ukraine mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and started a war. Mm -hmm. And um, after this, Karyakin expressed his support publicly, but also in a way that not only was it public, but it was very distasteful. Mm -hmm. uh, to put it mildly, right? He 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 said some things online that were really, uh, really bad. No matter no matter how how you view things, no matter I, which side you're on. Yes, this was really bad. Very insensitive. No, I mean it's not even about sides. It's just that um, very insensitive. Uh, yes, it's like even if you're let's say wrong on an issue, there's ways to be wrong, but still like people can understand where you're coming from somewhat. Or there's ways to be wrong, but also it's uh, it's like in a really you do in a really bad fashion. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's not important. But the what happened was he was um, uh, he was excluded from the candidates for this. So there was an ethics commission committee hearing, whatever. I don't know the details, but he was banned from playing. Uh, so he couldn't. He was qualified for the candidates by getting second place in the twenty twenty one World Cup. So he's out of the candidates, and this opens up one rating list spot. Now the. The second highest rated player in the world at the time was Ding Liren. Magnus Carlsen was first, but Magnus was world champion. He was not going to play the candidates. So now Ding was the rate the rating spot um, favorite because after Karakin was uh, disqualified, the rating spot opened up. So Ding would make it, right? Yes. Well, Ding had not played enough games. He had actually played like no games. So he was not eligible. Uh, and now what happened next was that a, a bunch of local matches, you can call them matches, I guess, were organized. Basically, he played four games against uh, three players. So it was a four-player quadruple round robin. Uh, and they, the results were interesting of this tournament. Ding scored three and a half against all the players. And all the, other, all the players drew against each other. Mm -hmm. So we had this very interesting table where... Um, where they all score half a point against him, and then they all score two points against each other with all draws, which is an unusual result. And basically, it was uh, he needed to play his 28 games or whatever the requirement was, I think 28. He played his 28 games. He maintained his rating of 28, 12, whatever it was, doesn't matter. It was enough to qualify. And he went to uh, to the candidates, and the rest was history. Talk about and, uh, a butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he uh, he played the candidates. He got second place. He qualified for the world championship. He won the world championship, and he's a world champion. Um, but everything that happened after that is kind of not very relevant for this discussion. It's just that there was a series of tournaments or matches, or whatever, that was organized locally for one rating spot, which Ding qualified by, and people didn't really have a problem with it at the time because. Ding was number two in the world, and all he did was was play um, the amount of games he needed to. Uh, now, I think that this is a fundamental misunderstanding of what the rating actually is, because rating is not a number that you achieve once and you you have it forever. Kasparov is 28-12. He hasn't played for 15, 18, oh, 18 years, yeah? um, but he's 28-12. Now, we understand he's not 28-12 level. And after Ding started to play actively, he lost 30 points, mm -hmm. which can happen. Mm -hmm. Like when I also at some point lost uh, like 70 points. I mean, it can happen. Mm -hmm. If you don't play, you can't lose rating. So I don't see the difference between those events and what's happening now. Because 
even though he kept his rating, he didn't increase it. Still, we have a series of events played locally against weaker players. Um, and you can argue about the legitimacy of the games or the results or whatever, but uh, it's clear that this should not be how a candidate spot is decided. So why would they decide it's a, not a bad idea to have the exact same system where you can play uh, events last minute for one rating list and um, boost your rating or whatever it is, and then people will always ask questions about it, mm. whether it's legitimate or not. We don't even, we don't know, right? I have no idea about the legitimacy of the tournament that Ding played. I wasn't there. Yes. Um, but it still shouldn't be. You shouldn't qualify like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it should. The system should not allow it. It's not that the players. Well, okay, I wouldn't do it personally, even if the system allowed it. But uh, the players, it shouldn't be up to the players. The system should not be in place that you can play last minute events for one rating list. Uh, I don't see the difference. People say there's a difference because Ding had the rating, but you have to risk your rating. You can't just keep your rating forever and say, well, I'm playing my events. I mean, I have my rating. I'm not losing it. I'm not gaining it. I like, let's say I, I have, I achieve my 28, whatever level. And I never play another game except I play some like, uh, you know, 2400s in my local club or 2500s. And I, I draw a few games, I win a few, and I keep my rating forever. And people go, well, well, yeah, he's just maintaining his rating. I mean, what difference does it make if you're maintaining or you're gaining? You're, the aim of the tournament is to qualify by rating. And uh, so you should be playing in competitive events. And by competitive, I mean players who are motivated to beat you. Players who want to beat you—that's <laughs> the whole point. There has uh, to be some changes because you know, and and you made a very good point. It's the system; it's not the player. In this case, you said that you wouldn't do this, but you know, Wesley can wake up tomorrow and be like, "I'm organizing my own event right now in the United States with some players, some local players in St. Louis, let's say, or wherever he is right now." And that's how I'm going to try to qualify. I mean, the end goal is extremely, extremely um, important, right? You're qualifying through the candidates. Not only that you make a guaranteed amount of money, uh, but you also have a shot at, you know, the highest price in chess, the world championship uh, title, which by itself, it's at least half a million dollars, probably more. Usually in the last few years, it's been more than that. So maybe a million dollars, right? You're making a lot of money, right? By itself, not only that, but you're also having a shot at the world championship title. The incentives are clear. It has to be the system that changes because, you know, maybe you say that you wouldn't do it, but Ali Reza, obviously, uh, he decided to do it. And I don't blame him, to be honest. I mean, the games, we're not going to talk about the games necessarily, even though I think they're very uh, much legit. I just think the players that he chose, <laughs> let's say, are the perfect players to play against when you want to win some rating uh, points. Uh, but the games, I think they're they're legit. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, you're in Fedorchuk's shoes. You're playing for a very specific reason in that tournament. So Ali Reza can make it to the candidates. There's some pressure attached to that as well. Uh, you're a local player. You've been maybe living in France for a while. You know. You, you understand what I'm saying. There are some pressures yeah. attached to it. There are some, some strings attached to it as well. Uh, it, it's just a very yeah, strange yeah, event. I, I, the system is broken. Well, it's, but it's such, a, it's such an easy fix of the system. I How mean, would you do it? I thought at the same time, like, imagine that, let's say that nothing under the table is happening. Let's say that the local organizer, whoever it may be, um, mm -hmm. let's say in the case of Ding or in the case of Ali Reza now, um by the way I, I don't know if like ali reza has any maybe they just said we're, we're organizing these matches do you want to play and he was like sure maybe he has no he's not involved with organization organization at all maybe no, he no, has no, 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 no. I think, info or detail i i think the details are that immediately after the singfield cup ended he contacted um some organizers he himself contacted some organizers try to get something going okay yeah i i didn't hear about that but yeah sure that could be the case as well but it's it's not really relevant i think um, I mean, it's kind of relevant, but it, it's not really relevant because it, it's more about the system in place. It's that you, 
you need to play players who are motivated to beat you. And the least motivated people are going to be the ones who are invited to this event, uh, which has one clear goal, which is to um, to get this player to the candidates. Now, I think it's different in Chennai because there's other goals, like these are professional players who want to increase their rating, and there were some prizes, I believe, involved. So they were actually fighting for money. Mm-hmm. And um, now you get some guys, um, like the, these grandmasters who are uh, who Alirez is playing, they're they have no motivation because first of all, their rate they don't care about their rating. I mean, like whether the rating is twenty five forty or no, twenty five twenty, they don't they don't care about the rating. it. Actually, it actually doesn't matter to them. I mean, they're not getting any any invitations with this rating, uh, or twenty four thirty nine. I think one player is twenty four forty nine. Like, what's the difference for them? It doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, the other thing is, I'm pretty sure they're not playing for prizes like, like these mini matches. I, I don't think that it's like you you win, you get a prize. You, no, you they probably prize have obviously... like an appearance fee situation, and we're yeah. speculating at this point. But I would assume they just have like an appearance fee type of. Well, structure. probably they're not going there for nothing, right? But they're yeah, probably also not playing for prizes because Ali Reza is obviously going to win this match. So there's no point to a prize. Like uh, he's going to beat a 24-39 in the match. It's like very obvious. So they're playing probably for an appearance fee, but this is almost like, like a quid pro quo. I mean, it's like you're you're getting, you're getting a starting fee to show up, but your result it's not dependent on your result. Um, but the whole point is that this player beats you. Now, maybe they don't say you you need to lose, but, um, but it's sort of clear that that they're being invited as punching bags, uh, which. And they're being invited as punching bags. Probably we don't know for what, but I guess for money, right? Uh, like what else? What other reason are they going to be there for? Yeah. So yeah, it's very um, shady territory. Even assuming that there's no nothing under the table, which I, I do assume. I think it's pretty clear that you invite these guys, and Ali Reza just shows up at the board and just wipes the floor with them because he's so much stronger and because they actually don't care about winning or losing yeah. or drawing. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's, but the thing is, the system should just not allow it. Like, <laughs> there's there's a few ways around this. And I think the easiest ones are that if you want to decide a spot based on rating, instead of rating, you make it performance over the last year. So this means that it doesn't matter what you started out at the beginning of the year, and it doesn't matter what you end at the end of the year. It just means that over the year, you uh, your performance is what, uh, what will qualify you. Now... You could still, of course, pre-arrange performance potentially or try to boost it up by beating weaker players. So you have a minimum rating average. Let's say that rating average is 2,600. I don't know what it should be, but let's just say. Uh, now, nobody is going to like, and let's say there's a minimum amount of games. Let's say 40 games or 50 games. So you have to play at least 40 to 50 games, whatever you think is best, against 2,600 players or more. Now, I don't think that there's ways really to... Uh, to game the system too much, unless you actually just prearrange games, which is always possible, right? You can always like do illegal stuff. Yes. Uh, but you would probably have to, like, you can't protect against that. Also, I like it's possible to go to a closed tournament and just start offering money to people. Uh, to, well, to now we're now middle. now we're basically getting into illegal stuff territory. Like, yeah, I'm, you, I'm you saying can you, get charged you can't really legally for that. Yes. Yeah, if someone wants to take that risk that they get caught doing that, or if they're really that unethical that they're willing to offer money to lose yeah. to yeah, win of games, of course you can win. You can use steroids basically if you want. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or you can just cheat with you a can fix anything. matches. Yeah, the, 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 this was the case in a lot of sports very often actually. But that yeah, let's yeah. assume no illegal stuff happening. Yeah, let's let's assume not because of course that's like that could also happen in let's say Grand Prix event or Grand Swiss event. Like this can always be a risk, but. That's that's not the question now. The question is, what's the system? Not how do we eliminate match fixing? Because yes. we're assuming no match fixing. Assuming no match fixing, uh, you can't really choose your opponents in the system because if you choose all twenty six hundred players, well, it actually turns out the twenty six hundred players are really tough. And getting like let's say a twenty eight hundred performance against fifty twenty six hundreds is going to be really tough. Mm-hmm. And you also have to have a, a, an amount of activity, so you can't be inactive. Um, Probably and and what would happen this year if we had the system is the highest performances are I think I'm top Hikaru Magnus 
um, all players who would qualify anyway by different means, like Hikaru through Grand Swiss, I qualified through Grand uh, through World Cup, Magnus through World Cup, through Radiant, and so on. Uh, Magnus obviously not playing, uh, as far as he said. And then after that, it would be Lenier, it would be Wesley. I think Lenier would not be active enough. Wesley would be, so it would be Wesley, then probably like Anish, Maxudlu, like players who had very good years. Uh, and you, you, like, what would be the problem with the system? Would anyone complain if by average performance rating, uh, let's say it was me, or if not me, it was Hikaru, or if not Hikaru, it was um, Wesley? Like, it would be totally normal. I mean, all these players had, had pretty good years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Wesley... Mm -hmm. Wesley was solid I and mean, not spectacular, but uh, like by his standards, maybe not the most spectacular year, but pretty solid. Yeah. And yeah, like what's the big deal? I, I don't see a huge issue with the system. Maybe there would be, but it could always be tweaked a little bit to to be. It's definitely not the kind of issue that you see with one rating list where people just start. Like imagine, as you said, Wesley now arranges a few games in St. Louis with some guys who are like 2,400. Or not St. Louis. I don't want to say St. Louis, but in in some some city, it doesn't matter where in the U.S. with some American twenty four hundreds, and then suddenly some other player comes out. Uh, like Anish also has a chance. Anish organizes a quadruple round robin tournament last minute, and you you just have a circus. It's just a, like a pure circus. Yeah. Um. So of course you don't want this. Like, the system is broken, and but it's not broken in a way where like it's difficult to fix. It's actually very easy to fix. You just don't do one list. You do something else. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. I, I think uh, I think you hit a nail on the head. Definitely covered pretty much everything. Good luck at the Rapid and Blitz. Uh, we're not going to be discussing uh, that too much right now because there's not that much uh, to discuss. I also need to bounce. We're doing this uh, in during my lunch break. <laughs> We're uh, doing a camp uh, before the Pan Americans uh, Collegiate Chess event, very important for uh, my university. So I'm going to get back to my students uh, and uh, I'm going to let you go. Get ready tomorrow. You're traveling to Samarkand. Very intriguing event. I cannot wait to watch it and I'm sure we'll be discussing it uh, after it happens but you already mentioned it we have a big podcast with mvl coming i'm not 100 sure when but we have that content coming up we have another very special guest i think maybe we'll release it later on on social media so make sure you follow us on social media but definitely i think you guys will enjoy that as well a lot of interesting content um and a very exciting end of the year uh, lies ahead i have a feeling this whole uh, drama has not finished yet. Something, something is going to happen. I have a feeling something is going to happen in the next uh, 10 days or so. So yeah. anyway, excited for that. I'm going to let you go. Cheers, guys. If you guys want to uh, support us, don't forget we do have a merch store. Uh, I'm drinking my coffee from our mug right now, as you can see it on camera. That's only one of the mugs that we have. We have plenty more. We have t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have a bunch of stuff. And I think the designs speak for themselves. So definitely go check it out. Follow the World Rapid and Blitz. We'll be around. See you guys. Cheers. See you guys.